Good day, Lincoln. It's 11.05. Oh, let's say 11.03. Fine in the capital city. Hey, welcome to How's It Growing, your weekly garden connection. Right here at KZUM Lincoln, your favorite radio station. How you doing on this Wednesday, July 6th? Oh, man, July's going to go too fast, right? Because we're always looking for a, a cooler day. Well, we bought one today after a little bit of rain last night. Nice little rain. We finally got in on some rain and the last time, two times, we've been having good chances of rain. It was either south of us or north of us, just like a county away. But last night, Lincoln got a little bit. So uh, good day to pull weeds in the garden, right? Or go out and harvest something, right? Uh, things are growing pretty well, gangbusters. And uh, it's been a, not too bad of a summer as we're starting off here. Hope you had a great July 4th weekend. Nice and restful and, uh, well... Not too quiet, right? <laughs> uh, especially around Lincoln, it sounded like World War III going on at least July 3rd and July 4th, so it was nice to wake up to peace and quiet and the birds singing once again on the 5th, wasn't it? Yeah, no doubt. Well, welcome to the program. This program, How's It Growing, each and every Wednesday, 11 till noon. I'm your host, Bob H., with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum, plantnebraska.org. Great gardening information there for you. Landscaping, whatever you want to call it, Right. I have Andrea Foss on the program today. She's going to be calling in. Andrea from the Pioneers Park Nature Center. We've got to get an update on what's happening at the Nature Center from Andrea, so stick around for that. And, uh, man, if maybe you're out there, like I say, harvesting some things already, I want to give a shout-out to okra here because okra gets a bad rap in the garden, and uh, more of us need to be growing okra because it's so easy to grow I mean, this stuff grows like crazy. It loves the heat, loves the humidity, but uh, either you love it or you hate it, right? It's kind of like cilantro, but I think if you've been turned off to okra, it's because somebody got you some that are, I don't know, pickled okra's not bad, don't get me wrong, but, you know, stir-fried okra, when the pods are small, you'll, you, you're missing out, if, or just saute them over the stovetop, whatever turns you on, but little garlic, salt and pepper, and you're golden. But I love mixing them in stir, summer stir-fry recipes uh, when they're like, oh, one and a half inch long at the most. Man, they're getting longer than two inches, and uh, I'm using them for other stuff. But I, I love collecting. And if you collect them literally every other day, you're going to have to go out there and collect. Say you grow 10 plants or something like that, you're going to be swimming in okra. And you'll be glad that you got turned on to this uh, stir-fry because... You know, okra has that mucilaginous juice. That's one of the reasons it's, you know, sliced and used in, in gumbo to give it a natural thickener. But that turns off some people when uh, when cooking with it, right? Because that slime kind of gets released uh, through the heating process. Well, if you keep those little short guys, the one-inch ones, uh, whole without cutting them, you know, just cut the little stub end off, um, that that it, it renders that slime useless. It just It's just not out there. And you don't get that slick feeling when you're that 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 texture, I guess, that turns people off when they're eating okra. So that's my defense of okra. And for you foragers out there, man, it's a great time of year uh, to be harvesting certain things. And one of them is purslane. Purslane loves the heat of the summer. And if you ever notice purslane, if you know the plant, you know what I'm talking about. But if uh, if you don't, you know, you've probably seen it before. <laughs> Just Google it and go, oh, okay, yeah, that weed. <clears throat> but anyway, I think it's like one of the highest vegetables uh, you can get in, that has omega-3 fatty acids. 
It is like chock full of minerals and vitamins. It's just plain old good for you. And it kind of has that, that uh, it's called a slick texture when you eat it raw. Not slimy by any means, just kind of slick. And it's very thick leaf to it, almost like a succulent leaf. And um, yeah, anyway, if it's growing in a sidewalk crack, the leaves are much smaller if it's in a stressful, compacted soil situation versus them growing in rich, um, composted soil. The leaves get huge. I mean, they can get up to an inch and a half. And uh, those are the ones that you want to harvest because why mess with those little guys? But anyway, there's some great recipe ideas online on cooking with purslane. But one of the easiest methods, I'll use an ode to Kay Young, the late, great Kay Young. Uh, she has some great recipes in her book, Wild Seasons. And uh, one of them, she just likes using it in replace of lettuce and tacos and other uh, Mexican dishes that calls for lettuce because the lettuce, you know, can get kind of wilty. Um, and this stuff has a lot of texture to it. So it's a great addition to your tacos and a healthy addition to your tacos. Of course, are you going to add your lettuce, your cilantro, whatever turns you on? But make sure you throw in some nice sprigs of the purslane. You'll be glad you did. Okay, so that's kind of what you should be out harvesting right now. Of course, um, blackberry season's coming into full swing here. Uh, well, you eat blackberries usually around August by the time they get ready here in Nebraska. But don't forget about Kimmel Orchard for you pick blackberries. Certainly on my mind. Hopefully we'll make it out there this year. And hopefully they uh, have a good harvest. But that's one place if you're looking to score fresh Nebraska-grown blackberries, check out Kimmel Orchard. We missed cherry season. That has come and gone out of Kimmel Orchard, but they definitely uh, have bags of the sour cherries. So if you missed out on sour cherries, that's a place that you can score homegrown sour cherries as well out of Kimmel Orchard. Good stuff, Maynard. Okay, and in the garden right now, blooming, um, if you uh, can find it, this shrub is not easy to find, and uh, but you got to put it on your wish list. It's called Bottle Brush Buckeye. And the Buckeye is an awesome shrub. It's a suckering shrub, but a slow but sure suckering. It, it more or less maintains that single stem. But anyway, they call it Bottle Brush because that baby gets these cool flowers that kind of top the shrub that get about a foot and a half tall. And if you want to see a Bottle Brush shrub, I think that's still in bloom anyway. Um, go to Stransky Park tonight, or tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, the Stransky, uh, the uh, weekly event at Stransky Park there at 18th and Harrison. Come say hi at the, at the uh, KZUM booth. And behind the booth is a really lovely bottle brush buckeye. That's one good example of it. Another one is at the Sunken Gardens, up in what they call their White Garden, up above the Sunken Gardens, a beautiful area to go check out in the Sunken Gardens anyway. And they have a nice bottle brush buckeye or two you can see in bloom. So put it on your wish list. One of the best shrubs out there. Not only does it have great blooms in the summertime right now, but it also has some great orange-yellow fall color to it as well. And it's a buckeye, so it's tough as nails. All right, that's all I got to say about bottle brush. And now it's to the phones. I have Andrea Foss on the line, I do believe. Andrea, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. Can you hear me okay where you're at? Yes. Okay, sounds good. I think I can hear you just fine, too. It's a little muffled, but uh, I cranked you all the way up. All right. And uh, I think I think we got you. Hey, did you get any rain at your place last night? A little bit. Oh, it helped. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, 
you know, we were all kind of going, oh, man. What? Uh, anyway, I mentioned on the air, we missed out just barely on inches of rain, you know, yeah. last Friday. I think there was a good chance. And then I looked at radar, and I'm like, dang it. It was like down in Gage County, whatnot, moving straight across, not coming our way. And then there was a second chance, and I looked at radar again, and it's up north of us, and they got two inches near Skyler. <clears throat> but they were begging for rain, too, in that area. And last mm-hmm. night... If you looked at radar this morning with that little bit of rain we were, you know, woke up to, um, you know, up in the O'Neill area, moving all the way across to the east, it was good rain. So, again, northeast Nebraska is really begging for it. So, they all they all got a good dose last night. So, that's good. All right. We'll take it. And then, Andrea, I was driving on the interstate, I was last week, uh, heading towards Grand Island. And around the York area, all of a sudden, I'm noticing why are all the trees dead? They're like brown. It's like next to the interstate. I look off to the distance and they're all brown too and no crops in the fields. Ah, oh, this is where the hail went through. Mm. And there were like uh, center pivots, uh, you know, blown over. And it was like, I think they got like golf ball size hail with 90 mile an hour winds or something crazy like that. <laughs> so <laughs> it just pounded the trees, even evergreen trees, pine trees I was seeing. Really? Uh, just what a trip. Yeah, so Lincoln, cross your fingers. We never get hit by a big hailstorm, right? Bleh. Did I yeah. just say that? Well, anyway, well, hopefully no no time soon. And and uh, so this is Andrea Foss, executive director at the Pioneers Park Nature Center. Andrea, I saw you in our our nature walk, and uh, folks, we had a nature walk. You heard it here on the show. Um, gosh, celebrate Pollinator Week, a National Pollinator Week. I think it was on. Uh, what was it June 25th? The yeah. 25th. That's right. And uh, Andrea, thanks so much for hosting us on that. And uh, we didn't have a huge turnout, but the people that turned out were definitely interested in it. There was uh, enthusiastic about it. And one lady at the end of the day, Andrea, I'll tell you, said, this was like the best morning I've had in, like, in months and months and months. And I was like, wow, cool. Well, that was good well, to hear. Had, we had a wonderful time, too. You know, it was great to have uh, to be there for it and the volunteers participated and, and one of our staff and um, just to, to, you know, have conversations about, you know, all your plant knowledge and a lot of the ethnobotany around it and uh, talking about how we've worked with our landscape and the plants we have and being able to kind of have those little side conversations about what plants we would recommend for different uses or, you know, how things have, have gone or well or not well and um, what we've learned over time. And it's, you know, it was a lot of fun kind of having that small group that you could give everyone that individualized attention. No doubt. It was great meeting, uh, well, one of the volunteers I know very well, but, it, you know, and part of your staff. And, yeah, it was just a great time. The story of the geese that uh, b- build a nest to bring our young ones down. We had a similar experience on campus. There was a, a courtyard inside Kime Hall, and ducks were in there and nested, and they had little wow. ducklings. Same thing. They had to try to round these darn things up and get them out the door, which was easier yeah. said than done. So I, I kind of marveled listening to your goose story because... These guys knew better. It's like, you know, they, they came and said, open the door versus, you know, having to try to catch the darn things because I think that's what they had to go through on oh, campus. Gosh. Yeah, so anyway. And I and I knew when I saw those little ducklings there in that courtyard, how is she going to get them out of here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's a pretty cool thing. So, 
So anyway, the Pioneers Park Nature Center and the Prairie Building folks, if you haven't been down there yet this summer, I, I, I want to, I guess, let the listeners know about the herb garden, Andrea. I think we talked uh, in the spring, and uh, I can't remember if you said you were after more herbs or, or how's it looking there um, at, at the Pioneers Park Nature Center? Yes, it's been doing really well. Um, you know, last year it was so weird. It was hard to get seeds to start. This year they seem to be doing a lot better. Um, we improved our, our drip system, and so that has been very helpful. And uh, at the... Scented geraniums look great. The salvias are really taken off. Um, we've got some, uh, just a, a variety of plants that are doing quite well. This year is the year of the viola. So we, we have certainly got some, some violets around and some other ones that we've started here and there. Um, it's, it's looking really nice. This is about the time of year it really starts to take off and um, just a, a beautiful sanctuary. Uh, we do have a, a fountain we're trying to get replaced this summer, so hopefully we'll get that one in here in the next month or so. That's cool. It's been a while since I've seen it. I need to pay a visit, that's for sure. And do you have, like, gosh, back in the day, there's like a huge variety of herbs. Do you still, like, carry that big variety of herbs then we, that people can go look at? Sure, we sure do. We, we definitely, each year, and, and I love consulting with you and, and getting a lot of my plants from the statewide arboretum, but um, we have, of course, it's, it's divided into different areas. We've got our, our culinary sections. Uh, we've got a medicinal bed. There's kind of more of a, a uses bed. It's got like dyes and, and different plants that would be used for, for um, dyeing things. Um, we have, you know, really an herb is anything that's useful. So there's, right. there's so many different things. Um, there are quite uh, a few that we don't necessarily have because of the risk of uh, seeding out and becoming oh. a problem. Like, uh, I think we accidentally weeded out all the, um, oh gosh, what is it? It's very similar to basil, but it's a purple, the perilla. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, that one was one that I was finding everywhere. It can be a little stinker, <laughs> can it? That's for sure. <laughs> I, you know, and I, I, I don't know, I've never got into using perilla for anything. I don't know yeah. if you did. Um, I mean, that purple leaf, it's pretty and whatnot, but it has this funky smell to it that... It, 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 it'll bring you back, people. If you've ever pulled a bunch of perilla, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, somebody, one of the volunteers, she talks about using it and, and making a pesto out of it. I didn't really get into it. You know, once it would kind of, about give it another month, it gets so tall and lanky, and then it just sort of, to cut it back, it really looks bad. And right. So it was one I haven't really missed. So things kind of evolve a little bit each over time, but... Um, you know, we always keep a, a, a very large lavender bed, but even that bed, with the drip system and some of the problems we've had with it, it holds water so much oh. that the lavender doesn't like it. Right. So we're having to move things around a little bit, but the salvia just goes gangbusters in there. Interesting. And so that looks fantastic, especially late in the season. Um, we just had a, a very large ash tree removed uh, at the beginning of the summer or spring, and uh, that has changed the light quite uh -huh. a bit. So then, you know, there's always that kind of, well, now what are we going to put? <laughs> right. But still, I remember, I'm glad you mentioned that because it was get starting to have some trees encroach more on it, right? And as you yeah. know, you know, an herb garden is not for shade garden, right? And so that yeah. probably opened up some more opportunities now for you, meaning the, 
that things like lavender, rosemary, thyme, oregano, I mean, on and on, basils, they're like going, give me full sun mm-hmm. or, or else, <laughs> or else yeah. I'm not going to do very good for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but again, it's, it's uh, kudos to you for keeping that going because it's easier said than done. And I can't think of another location, a public garden in Lincoln, hint, hint, nudge, nudge people that we need more of them. Um, if I had my way, we'd have uh, herb gardens all over Lincoln. And kind of like we have the food forest down at um, um, Southern Heights Food Forest, how cool would it be for people to say, well, you got this place where you can go, oh, yeah, go ahead and snip. Maybe that wouldn't be a good thing because pe- <laughs> people would take advantage of it and pretty soon you would have no rosemary left. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it's a dream. That, uh, but, but still, Pioneers Park Nature Center is really the, the only place people you can go to see what do these herbs look like, um, you know, obviously ask how they grow. And, and I think you would tell me, Andrea, they're, they're easy to grow. I think they're, I think people have just kind of forgotten about them. And that's what we're trying to do here on How's It Growing is get that back into your life because I want you to say, like I say, what do you miss most about summer? <laughs> and it's not the heat and the humidity. It's the fact that I can't go out and grab fresh basil and, ro- and uh, parsley and garlic chives for pretty much any meal I'm making. Um, my, oh, my, I, I was making some dishes for the 4th of July, you know, party or whatever. And, you know, I went out and it called for a third cup of, of parsley. And I was like, shoot. I've got so much parsley, I'm swimming in it right now, that a, a third of a cup was like, whatever. Lots of basil, uh, and, and they're just so easy. You know, of course, you got to water them, sure. Yeah. But uh, I use straw mulch around them, and that helps. And after last night's rain, I'm going to add a fresh layer of mulch under my basils because now they're, oh, they're solid 18 inches high. Why not uh, have three, four inches of straw under, at their feet, you know? So mm-hmm. when we do get rain, it holds in the ground, and... You help prop the plant up a little bit, I guess, right? You so. do, and there's such great plants for pollinators, too. So, you know, you get that double benefit of, yeah, I can browse off of them myself, or I can just let them go and be beautiful and attract wildlife. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've got bunnies that I find underneath, like, my tarragon. Or really? <laughs> yes. Some of those that get kind of bushier. Yes. Yeah, that tarragon, uh, you know, French tarragon's one that you got to seek out two people and plant it because it's, it'll be with you for, for the rest of your days if you know if you mm-hmm. locate it in the right place. It's such an easy plant, forgiving plant, and one of the best to put in your herbal vinegars. So, all right, well we're we're talking about herbs, uh, Andrea. I want to get to some. Well, let's talk about that event uh, first, and then we'll go back to the other events. But you have an herbal event coming up, correct? Yes, uh, we haven't got this one on our website yet, but hopefully this week we'll get that one up. Uh, We're going to do on Saturday, August 13th, we're going to have an herbal festival. So we'll have a a couple workshops, uh, refreshments and garden tour. Um, So we are going to be working with um, Alex from Arise Botanicals to do a tincture class. And Aaron with Herbs and More is going to do a um, drying herbs for teas. And uh, so there will be some, you know, learn how to actually do things and, you know, maybe take some things with you. And uh, then we're also planning on getting some some snacks and teas to, to enjoy for the morning and uh, go out and do it a garden tour. So the garden should be looking pretty fantastic in August. And uh, we'll do it all in the morning. So we we'll try to beat the heat of the day. <laughs> 
Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, gosh, yeah, and and remind me, you do. Is this what you consider your your big herb event? Oh, I can that that like every two or three years it we seems that's one every couple few years and you know given that we're still in covid we've kind of been keeping our bigger events a little smaller and uh just kind of limit our who's all around each other all the time but we we try to keep them flexible so this is the one that we would do every few years and uh and then we do at least have a class each year yeah, that's great. And uh, keep that up. I think that's a, a fun event, and uh, that's great that you're having Alex help out, showing people the, how easy it is to make tinctures and that they should be doing that. And what's fun about getting into that making tinctures, it takes, it took me forever to kind of get into it. And uh, once you start, it kind of becomes addictive, people. And, uh, you know, you start looking for vodka sales, <laughs> you know. Keeping your eye on vodka sales, and I know a friend, Jill, if you're listening, she'll she'll let me know, like, oh, so and so is it's on sale now because you know you have to uh, to use that to extract the goodies out of the uh, the herbs, and of course that just there's other ways to do tinctures, but still, um, that's one of the classic ways, and uh, yeah, so you'll you'll find yourself all of a sudden you've got a dozen different kinds of tinctures, and you know, and so it's a good thing to keep a list of you know, ailments with you, like, okay, I've got stomach problems or I've got a headache or insomnia, whatever the case may be, you can, you can look at your symptom and then match the herb to that symptom versus going, what, what herb was it again that I'm supposed to use? Uh, you know, keep, start keeping a log and learning this stuff. And there's some great references out there and online, tons of references, because I'm telling you people, even if it's culinary, it's got medicinal uses, and that's for, that's for sure. Thyme tea, I never would have thought of it, Andrea, but thyme tea, uh, it makes a pretty good tea, believe it or not, but thyme tea is like a go-to for herbalists for cold and flu symptoms, especially uh, with with uh, chest congestion. Go figure. I never would have never realized that. I just thought time made good pizza sauce, right? So, <laughs> so, so that's what I'm getting at with this medicine. You're not going to overdose on time tea, people. Just like you're not going to overdose on chamomile tea, which is the bomb, by the way, as well. So, well, anyway, you've got a great event coming up on Saturday, August fifteenth. Um, so you're saying it's going to be up on the website within a week, yeah. and then people can go there. And I'm imagining this is a, a pre-registration advance, so you can get a head count, right? Yes, yep. So it'll be through the Lincoln.ne.gov um, Nature Center programs. If you search that in the the search bar it should bring up to where people can log in and get some get signed up for classes. You know, or you can call the Nature Center. We'll help you out with it. Sure, sure. And one thing you can also do, uh, Andrew, you can use, you, you could either call in, you know, uh, when we're getting closer to the event time and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, just give us a quick reminder. You can also share that event on the How's It Grow on Facebook page if you want. Um, just w whatever to help get the word out. That, that'd be peachy. Absolutely. Okay, very good. But you do have an event coming up that's a little closer at hand that is coming up this Saturday, correct? Yes, it's the annual butterfly count. So we've been doing this for, gosh, 20 years or more now. Um, I think Ted Burke said it was his 22nd year coming out. So he is a professor from uh, Creighton University that he kind of heads this one up with us. And um, we start with a program at 9 a.m. 
in the Prairie Building, and he goes through how to identify different butterflies. And then about 10 a.m., we head out, and we wait till it's nice and warm, and then we, we go walk the prairie and count all the butterflies we see. So it's, uh, it's just a nice, it's kind of a slow walk, but we do cover a couple miles. Um, and then, you know, usually people have the chance to peel off um, from at the parking lot, or we will do the woodland butterflies uh, for another half mile to a mile, and then we call it quits for the day. But um, it's just a great way to try and get an idea of, you know, how many butterflies and what's the diversity that we're seeing around here. Um, last year wasn't a fantastic year, but this year I, I'm hoping it's going to be better. I've seen a lot more butterflies around. You know, the, the milkweed is in bloom right now, so there's there's plenty of uh, plants blooming that should attract them. So mm-hmm. if the wind isn't too much and the sun is shining, it'll be a great day for it. Too cool. And I didn't peek ahead to the forecast Saturday. You know, who knows with the <laughs> with yeah, July weather that it, you know, could zip back up to over 100. But I think we're going to kind of see some some good, normal, you know, summer weather, upper 80s, maybe lower 90s for the next seven days. Is if I, I yeah, remember right, a friend showing Saturday, me. So I'm looking right now. It says 87 and sunny huh? on Saturday. Come on, people. That's perfect. That was like July 4th. It's like been a long time <laughs> since he actually said, what a gorgeous day on July 4th. It wasn't too hot, but yet nice and summer-like. So yeah, that you ordered perfect weather. So so again, uh, that is this Saturday. And the butterfly count, you'd mentioned uh, the professor, what was his name again? Ted Burke. Ted. So Ted has been doing this for 20, over 20 years? Yes. Are you saying he's been doing this over 20 years at Pioneers Park? or Yes. Really? Is, that's how long we've been doing this count. We wow. report the results to the American Butterfly Association. Okay. So they've got a running tally of the counts we've had over the years, and we always do it the Saturday after the 4th of July. Hmm. And I imagine, you know, if we were talking with Ted right now, he could give us some answers, but... Uh, like you say, some years are better than others. And mm-hmm. th- do you have any idea? Is that because maybe we had a cool spring or is it a moisture issue or is it just in general, would you say he's been seeing a decline and are you guys are seeing a decline over the years or, or you know, yeah, does it go kind of fluctuate up and down or what? There's a, a, you know, a combination of factors. Um, certainly some populations have changed over time. Um, the weather has certainly been impactful. I know when we've had cool or cloudy days, we get very low counts. And I believe the uh, weather uh-huh. information is part of that count. Gotcha. So that plays into it. Um, it is just a one-day snapshot. I see. Um, but, you know, there are changes. We have definitely, over the past several years, seen um, butterfly species that were only reproducing as far north as Missouri. We're starting to see those in Nebraska. We've seen those for a few years now. Mm. Um, we, you know, year to year, it always varies how the monarch population is doing, but we've generally had decent numbers. Um, down as high as they were, but they they, they ebb and flow a little bit. Um, they also, I should say that after we do the presentation here, um, half of the group, if they choose to, goes down to Spring Creek Prairie Audubon. So we do get okay. counts from there, as well as after we have our own little private lunch, Ted goes up to Nine Mile Prairie and does a yes. count up there as well. Okay. So we, we do try to get, you know, the, the prairies right around us to get a feel for 
you know, what's out there. Yeah, and I imagine uh, Ted had picked this July, like you say, that the, the Saturday after the fourth, uh, because he's thinking that's going to be the best chance of seeing the most diversity. Because when I think butterflies, I'm like going, okay, they're all over the asters and they're all over the goldenrod mm-hmm. in September. And and uh, in a perfect world, I imagine Ted would be doing this count in uh, what late May, uh, early July, and then again in September, just to kind of see. But yeah, if you want to try and get all the different species they do vary throughout yeah. the year yeah. um so it just depends where they are in migration right. or in their life cycles right yeah because i know um yeah like you say in the early spring like one butterfly that doesn't get enough attention um let's see there's the red admiral and oh the painted lady so mm-hmm. the painted lady i saw this program uh oh looking at the clock i gotta take a break after i tell this little story um <laughs> It was a it was a documentary or something on the painted lady butterfly, and you know the monarch gets all the attention here because of its amazing trick. And uh, mm-hmm. so this was actually this researcher in uh, oh I can't remember what country he was in uh, north of the Sahara, and or even south of the Sahara. So he f- basically uh, Central Africa, right? And so he is. Uh, tagging these butterflies, catching them and tagging them down in uh, south of the Sahara. These darn butterflies are migrating across the Sahara Desert, going north in North Africa, crossing the, that, that edge of the Mediterranean Sea, mm-hmm. going across into Spain and, and uh, Portugal, and, and then keep, they're keeping on going north all the way to Norway and places like that. Oh, so I'm like going... And and so he's able to get those catch those same butterflies that he tagged up in Norway, <laughs> and they're all tattered and stuff. Like their wings are like looking bad. It's like they make it a four. It makes it up there, something like that. And mm-hmm. and how the heck do they know where they're going is beyond us our human comprehension. But somehow, the fourth the fourth breeding group knows where to go. And then when it's time to fly back to Mexico, well they're going to make it and how they know how to do that is i think that's what intrigues all of us humans so much about the monarch right but yeah. i'm yeah. But, but the painted lady folks has a journey to tell all its own and you know of course the painted lady that documentary was in africa and so it made me curious okay do they go down into mexico and then go up to canada the painted ladies that we see come around nebraska so inquiring minds won't everybody knows what the monarch feeds on so that's what I'm after, too, is getting people to, to look that up, too, and know how you're benefiting other butterflies like the buckeye and the question mark and the on and on, the zebra swallowtail and all those different butterflies. Not And the monarch's a good um, species to let us know that it's in decline and there's other butterflies in decline. That's why I'd asked you, uh, Henry, to say if you guys have seen big declines in other butterfly numbers, but it just varies, it sounds like. A little bit. I think, you know, overall, when you look at regionally, there certainly are, you know, things like the uh, uh, the regal fritillary or some of those that really are very dependent on pristine prairie, well-connected prairie, one of our indicator species for the prairie. Um, so certainly where we are losing that large connectivity of expansive prairie, they, they are definitely being impacted. No doubt. 
All right, Andrea, I'm going to keep you on the line. I'm going to take a break here. And when we come back, I know uh, I think you have another um, thing to tell us about with your educational programming there at Pioneers Park Nature Center. I'll keep you on the line. We'll take a quick break. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Andrea. That's Andrea Foss with Pioneers Park Nature Center. This is How's It Growing right here on KZUM. I'll be back in a jiffy. Keep it right there. All right. Welcome back to the program. It is 1139 right here in Lincoln at How's It Growing with you folks. Hope you got a good rain last night. You're enjoying this beautiful July 6th weather. Uh, We had to say goodbye to June and hello summer, hello July. All sorts of fun things happening in around Lincoln. So, uh, thanks to uh, How's It Growing and, uh, you know, letting you know what's all going on out here. And, man, you got Stransky Park tomorrow night. You got Hub Cafe, Farmer's Market. They got, gosh, music going down at the uh, Telegraph District, at the Mill. Always something happening. So uh, if you get out and about and enjoy that stuff, good luck getting anything done at home. <laughs> right, Andrea? All right, Andrea Foss joining me today from Pioneers Park Nature Center. Andrea, thanks again for your time and letting us know what's all happening at the Nature Center. We appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a nice time out here. It's definitely enjoying the, the beautiful summer and the colors that come with it. It's fantastic. You know, I'm curious, you know, I, I saw something come across a feed in Facebook uh, when when Lincoln, you know, how Lincoln is on July 3rd and July 4th. If you're not a somebody that blows off fireworks, you're certainly going to be hearing fireworks and you're going to be hearing them pretty much till 11 o'clock and then some. And uh, somebody actually posted that. Uh, what do they call it, sudden bird death or something like that, like um, like songbirds will freak out and just mm. up and die. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm buying that one. Um, I think a lot of us would wake up in the morning and see dead birds all over the lawn and stuff if that was an issue, and I just have never seen that happen. So I'm curious, just in your observations, like, uh, oh, your own house or whatever, I mean, come on, right? You haven't seen anything like that. I haven't. I mean, now we we have a dog that does not like the fireworks. Uh, we skip town for the Fourth of July. Really? <laughs> we were actually at a beautiful nature conservancy in Iowa, and <laughs> so far away from fireworks, and it was absolutely gorgeous and fantastic. And oh, that's awesome! Beautiful. So that's that's my kind of. We did have. I we left the pool out for the weekend for the kids, mm. and. Uh, didn't get it drained in time so i did unfortunately have one bird that i think because it was so hot it tried to go in to get oh, a drink of water bummer. and then couldn't get out yeah. so we lost one bird there um, but i haven't noticed i know it is definitely hard on birds and uh bats you know when all those things are shooting up into the trees and they're trying to get away and find some place to be and it is stressful um so I, i'm sure there is some loss just given you know the extensive um, fireworks that go on over the weekend. My cat's usually pretty, you know, fireworker too. He's he's cool with it, right? Mm Because he hangs out in the backyard and just kind of lays around all day and, you know, evening. He's an outdoor cat, always has been, and, um, and just loves the backyard, right? And so... It was hot, 
I, I guess maybe I'll say that because he'll kind of go, like yesterday when I got home from work, he's all plopped down on the concrete going, okay, dude, I'm ready for some AC. <laughs> <Let me in." laughs> and so, and I leave a bowl of water out there for him. But anyway, uh, yeah, so he did not want to come outside. You know, I'm like holding the door open. Do you want in or out? Because he's kind of standing there by the door and he hears all the booms out there and he's like going, I think I'm good. Nope, nope, I'm not going out there. Yeah, so it's always good to, to survive that. And that's probably the best thing to do, people. Take Andrew's advice and just skip town for a couple <laughs> of days. And, uh, yeah. And and my fourth was nice and quiet at a, uh, you know, a sand pit lake near Schuyler. Not too many people were blowing off the works, uh, even though I've been there before and it's been, like, yikes. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I enjoy nature's fireworks better. Um, right. You know, when you get near a wooded area and the, oh gosh, the fireflies and uh, the, um, you know, the flowers that are in bloom and of course the butterflies and just, there's so much interesting things, you, but you have to look for it a little bit. It's not as obvious, um, but it's, it's just as powerful <laughs> right hey yeah you're reminding me uh, like okay the hours at the pioneers park nature center p.m but the prairie is open until the park closes which is at 11 p.m okay so you know people can come out here i know there's a lot of people who like to drive out the loop and go see the bison um they you know it's it's a place you can support um, come visit anytime. You know, watching the sunsets out here, I just think are wonderful. There's definitely evenings I've drove back out here with my kids, and they're like, "Why am I here?" And I right? Because we gotta watch the sunset. <laughs> it's like mom works here, and I still come back. You know, come on, man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there's really, you know. From my house, I can't see sunsets very well just because of the houses and whatnot and trees and blah, blah, blah. And I'll see pic people posting pictures of an awesome sunset or a sunrise, and I'll go, huh, I missed it. Okay. I guess i got to pay more attention. But, yeah, if you're seeing one coming, uh, head out to Pioneers Park Nature Center. And especially from where the Toboggan Run is, or you could take that trail uh, to the hill next to that and just some great views. Um man of the west and yeah i'm glad you mentioned that the reason i asked is because you know fireflies right around dusk folks if you want to get a show mm -hmm. uh that's the place to go for fireflies that's for sure yes it's, it's wonderful and you know this is peak firefly time so get out and enjoy them no doubt and it's not like you have to stay out there till 11 you know fireflies are most active right at dusk right mm -hmm. and you know and maybe the hour after or whatever so heck yeah yeah, good stuff. I'm glad you mentioned that. <clears throat> okay, so you have uh, a, a parent-child class as well taking place. Is that right now? or? Yeah, so we do it. It's on Fridays um, in June and July. And so we've got three of them left in, in the month of July. And it's called Hand in Hand. And it's a parent-child class. So uh, from 9 a.m. till 10 a.m. for two-and-a-half to seven-year-olds um, and an adult. And basically, it's a get out and explore. They might read a story. They might make a craft. But there's always outdoor exploration. You know, that's that's our, our bag. <laughs> so is, is get out and, you know, getting out with an adult who can enjoy that with them and continue to take that child out in nature is what's so important. And um, our wonderful preschool director, Candace, uh, heads up that program. So it's uh, this Friday and then the next two Fridays. So if people want to sign up for one or all of them, they are more than welcome. Uh, we have a number of 
uh, grandparents and children. Um, we have parents and children. You know, it's, it's whoever you want to bring. And uh, it's just a, a lovely way to explore and take it in with the child focus. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that the grandparent-child connection, too, because, you know, grandma always is looking for more things. And, okay, I'll throw grandpa in there, too, looking for more things to do with her grandkids. And, you know, they kind of run out of options. Oh, where do you want to go? Oh, to the pool, right? Or you take them out to lunch or something. Well, you know, get them out into nature and go with somebody and listen to somebody that's going to educate you a little bit. Here's here's a good thing to explore with your kids because kids love to explore and they really don't have a maybe a good place to go in your backyard. Well, you've got nature just a stone's throw away at the Pioneers Park Nature Center. Uh, where you get woodlands, you can get prairie, you can get all that cool stuff. You can get a creek, right? Just so, um, you know, all sorts of cool things. And if you talk to anybody that's in the field of conservation, wildlife, plants, whatever, um, how they got into it or why is, well, because they got immersed in nature. So we, we need more of those people because growing up, a lot of us maybe had a creek we could go explore in. Well, you can't necessarily do that in Lincoln without getting yelled at or get out of there so um yeah. you know and we do i should say we have we run a summer camp out here both for the the preschool age kids and some older kids and i don't we have i think a couple spots here and there yet this summer we go through the first week of august and um it's it's a full-on nature camp we've got a nice new building that we meet in but that's just our meeting grounds that's not where we stay all to, all the time um it's been wonderful for these really hot days, but every day the kids are out exploring. They love going to the Haynes Branch Creek. Um, we also do some, you know, skills like teaching them some archery and uh, doing just, you know, lots of exploring. The, there's been a whole bunch of frogs that emerged in the past couple weeks. That's been very exciting. Uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> cool, cool. We, we definitely have a good time. So it's you know, something that we, we try to get people of all ages, you know, a lot of us, yes, a lot of our programming is focused on that elementary age uh, group, but, um, you know, it's, it's a place for anyone to come out and enjoy. Well, Lincoln is just fortunate to have Pioneers Park Nature Center to have that location, that facility, that unique spot of nature at the edge of city you know wilderness park is one thing but pioneers park is a, is a whole different ball game and it's just really cool to have that you know formal educational programming available because not all communities uh, this size have that available that nature right next door so it's it's kudos to you guys and there's one other event um too that's coming up uh, the the Bites, what is it again? Bites, bikes, b- bikes and bison. You're yeah. hitting me with the bees. Is that a is that a Jason thing? Because I know he loves the three bees. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, we've been doing this one for several years. Um, we had uh, lots of different bee versions of it, and uh, we kind of settled on the bites, bikes, and bison a few years ago. And um, this is maybe our fourth time doing it, or fifth. I don't even remember exactly. Uh, but basically, on Sunday, September 11th, we will meet at the Pioneers Park Nature Center, and this is a, a fundraising event from the Friends of the Pioneers Park Nature Center. And the Friends group, we have a, a basically, it's kind of a a Sunday 
each event for adults. This one is an adult focused. <laughs> um, and what you can do is sign up and your cost of admission gets you a route and um, discounts at the, um, we're going to, uh, let's see, White Elm. We're going to get a free beer over there or other drink. Um, I think we're going to uh, the mill and the hub, which they both have wonderful patios, which so great stops there. Um, I'm trying to think what our other stops are. We've got a, a few others that are getting confirmed, and we're putting that into to the get a program going. But if you go to um, lnknaturecenter.org, there is information on the event. We're getting the ticketing set up. And then at the Nature Center, for parents who might need it, we're going to have some child care options for that afternoon. Mm. So using the building we use for our summer camp, we'll have uh, some child care for those elementary age kids that if their parents want to go and tootle around town um, having fun, and the kids can be playing at the Nature Center supervised and pick them up when you're all done. Too cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a great event. And so the bites come in for not mosquito bites, right? No, no. <laughs> Hopefully everyone will be... You're moving. You know, we like to also highlight our local businesses and go out and support them. Most of those businesses are giving us either something free or a, a reduced price on something. Uh, it's Everyone has a choice to go there, which is nice. So if one place is crowded, like, hey, I'm going to move on and I'll go to this one instead. Maybe I'll come back over there. Cool. And, um, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun. We've really had a good time with it. It's casual. It's not timed. It's just go out, have a great time, come back, and, uh, you know, show your love for the Nature Center and... Uh, we, we definitely appreciate it. The, the money that the friends raise on the event helps us to provide school hikes. Uh, basically, we do not charge Lincoln Public Schools for bringing out the kids, uh, but we do have paid staff who lead the hikes. Gotcha. So the funds that are raised allows me to pay staff. So okay. we can train them and have hike leaders for the thousands of kids that we see out here every year. Wow, wow. So, so the Bites, Bikes, and Bison, that... So people have taken advantage where, are you saying that you bike to all these different businesses? Yes. And so people, do they, sh have they taken advantage of that child care option where they're actually literally bringing their child on their back seat of their bike, mm -hmm. uh, in a bike, in a most child people, seat and leave their kid there? drive out here first. Okay. And then they'll, they'll start here, unload their bikes, you I know, see. drop off the kids at the child care and then they leave from here. So we bike through the park. So definitely the biggest hills you're going to hit are just trying to get out of the park. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, but then it's easy. That one hill's a killer, isn't it? Yeah, I think it I know really what you're <laughs> It's like, oh, no, man, I'm already tired. I already made it up one hill. Yeah, and, and I'm curious, you know, with its connectedness to Lincoln's awesome bike trail system, mm -hmm. uh, do you get a lot of bikers biking through? And I'm also curious, like, I imagine you have your regulars that show up for their, their sunrise hikes as well, or just little walkthroughs the park. Do you get a lot of people doing that at Pioneers Park? Yes, there's a lot of people, runners, walkers, um, people who come out to bike. You know, uh, some people are seriously training because they love that big hill and they do it. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, other people, you know, like for the BBB event, a lot of people, it's just casual riders. Um, most people aren't taking it too serious. Um, 
but uh yeah it's 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 interesting the the different people who come out here and use the park and um that's even changing as we're seeing you know the the apartments that just came in on uh Coddington and Van Dorn there's you know we're kind of turning into a little bit more of a neighborhood ah okay yeah because of that connectivity no doubt I hadn't thought of that it's okay that's one good thing about development it brought more people (laughs) well okay we'll give it a break this time yeah that's that's cool and you know so getting getting new visitors that maybe hadn't even been there before who knows right and so yeah that's cool sounds like a great event and uh you know so people if you're into bird watching butterfly watching you know go to the butterfly count this saturday um and and help them um, count butterflies and i imagine you don't have to be an expert right no no we like to work together it's a group effort <laughs> yeah I, oh i i got a picture of this one but i have no idea what it is that's what ted's there for right Mm-hmm. definitely Cool, cool. And remind us of that time again this Saturday. This Saturday, it's 9 a.m. till about noon. Do I have to pre-register or can I just show up and register there or People what? People can show up that morning. Um, it is best if they can register ahead of time, but we will take some people that morning off. You're not going to say, get out of here. We're going to, yeah, yeah, we, we, we want your butterfly eyes. So, uh, yes. well, cool, cool stuff. All right, uh, Andrea, well... I want to thank you for your time and keep up the great work there at the Pioneers Park Nature Center. And they can follow you on really one one good way to keep up with the events is to just like you on Facebook, right? Yes, and our Facebook page kind of changed. So everything is now under Lincoln Parks and Recreation. So like the like and follow Lincoln Parks and Recreation, uh, you will get information on the Pioneers Park Nature Center as well. Yeah, and no, so I think the Bites, Bikes, and Bison should have an Instagram account coming out shortly. Okay. Very good. Yeah, I agree. Just uh, just like the Lincoln Parks and Rec, and you'll get other notifications for other things happening around the city and uh, be able to support one of the reasons people move to Lincoln is our park systems. So, uh, you know, can't take that for granted and uh, participate in the Bikes Bites, bikes, and bison. You're, you're stumbling me with that. I know. I'm just going to call it BBB. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy enough. All right, uh, Andrea, thank you for your time. And thank we you, will. Bob. Always a pleasure. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Andrea Foss with Pioneers Park Nature Center. Thank you so much, Andrea. And thank you, everyone, for your time today. I appreciate you listening to How's It Growing and KZUM. Support this gem of a radio station. Hopefully, see you. Thursday night at Stransky Park and uh, any other upcoming KZUM events headed our way. We'll keep you posted on that. All right, people, have a great week. I'll see you next week. Adios.